the backside of being filled with the Spirit, next on Truth For Today. Being filled with the Spirit. Oh, there's an awful lot of discussion on how to be filled with the Spirit, why we need to be filled with the Spirit. But today, we want to focus on what it looks like, the consequences of being filled with the Spirit. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're back in the book of Ephesians today as we focus in on the consequences of Spirit filling. We would invite you to join us today as we are encouraged in this area of what it looks like to be Spirit-filled. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now. I've seen believers walk through trials and walk through the response to such horrendous news that you had no question who was in charge of their innermost being. It was like the missionary couple who uh, wrote back to the mission agency as they just completed burying one of their children. Their letter back home to the agency was, we thank God he thought enough to entrust us with a great trial. In all things be giving thanks for all things. I hear old brother Joseph. Right now, dad has just died. We're in Genesis 50. 11 boys in front of him. 10 of who sold him out, put him in a dungeon, always gave him a bad time, and now he's got the scepter of the vice regent of all of Egypt. All he's got to do is drop that baton, as it were, and their heads are off, and history's over. And he said, oh, men, don't worry. I don't have to stay bitter towards you. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Go back. Be blessed. I'm not collecting all the offenses in life. God's been good to me in spite of you. I thank God who's sovereign that can keep me alive in a pit. A God that can keep me alive in Potiphar's house. A God that got me out of jail when falsely accused. A God who gave me the wisdom to tell the king what to do. I collect no debt. I am thankful there is an unseen hand guiding my life. I thank God for how he used you for my good. You meant evil. He meant good. That's why don't ever take from me a sovereign God that doesn't know everything. My God knows everything. The God of the Bible knows everything. A missionary visited a broken down tenement house in London to call on a woman who lay dying in the last stages of a horrible disease. The room was cold and she had nowhere to lay but on the floor. When the missionary asked her if there was anything he could do, she replied with these words. I have all I really need. I have Jesus Christ. Deeply moved, the missionary went home and he wrote this poem. In the heart of London City, mid dwellings of the poor, these bright and golden words were uttered, I have Christ, what want I more? Spoken by a lonely woman dying on a garret floor, 
having not one earthly comfort, I have Christ, what, what I more. We sing a song, he's all I need, he's all I need. Jesus is all I need. I ask you, is that true of you? Or is it Jesus plus 15 things or I'll threaten to set down strike on God's will? Is he all you need? I quote my daughter Deborah, who uh, in the midst of our great crises in her life, said to me one time, I never realized Jesus was all I needed until he, I realized he was all I had. And sometimes God has got to strip you of all the stuff you think you've got to have. Money, position, power. Some of us brothers yesterday went to breakfast with a brother that just returned from Nigeria on a missions trip helping build a church over there. And as he described the poverty in our own brother David went to Bangladesh where some wonderful Christians we support. Uh, but in abject poverty out there, uh, men coming there, he tells the story that uh, getting students coming to the school, one man was washing his hands in the toilet because he'd never seen a toilet before. He didn't know that was a bathroom. He thought that's where you wash your hands. Had to be taught. That's not what that's for. We live with so much. And we always have this way of, uh, I'd be thankful if I had as much as him. <laughs> I'd be thankful if you'd do a few more things. And he says, I have Jesus. What want I more? That's the greatest possession you'll ever have. And the Spirit keeps producing thanksgiving, whether you're Paul and Silas in a prison cell, or if you get bad news, I don't think you can cough up this response unless the Spirit is controlling us. We could panic and respond all kinds of human ways, but there's a supernatural way. It's the Spirit's way. He produces thanksgiving. Then notice what it says. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another. The Spirit produces submission. I don't know anybody that wants it. Does anybody want to submit? Human nature wants to be in charge. We have so much trouble with submission because we're such rebels at heart. And God has to teach us the grand, wonderful life of ranking ourselves under another. Ranking ourselves under God. Ranking ourselves under the control of the Spirit. Ranking ourselves under God-constituted authorities. Uh, submission is a part of the whole Christian life. You can't pull off the Christian life without the Spirit producing a spirit of submission. And... Uh, let me just tell you some of the meanings of it so that you'll love the word. It means to place under, to be subordinate. Uh, it means in the middle voice to subject oneself out of fear or submit oneself voluntarily. It's something you do. It, it, subjugation is forceful. Subjugation puts you down. Submission is not that. It has the element of volunteer. We're not talking about subjugation. 
Someone could put a gun at your head and make you do an awful lot of things. And that's not submission. That's subjugation. Here he's talking about submission. Uh, it came to be used in the Old Testament of being surrendered to God. Let me give you some examples. It's used of soldiers submitting to superiors. Uh, it was used of Jesus being subject to his parents in Luke. Demons being subject to the disciples. That's the debate with this verse. There's two main views on the verse. One is that this is a reciprocal one another. That this is going on with everybody. Another view is that the submission is not repeated in verse 22 in the Greek. So that he's setting up submission relationships. Wife to husband, children to parents, slaves to masters. Because the verb is not carried over to verse 22. So it's reaching back. And the example is the verse bear one another's burdens does not mean that I'll give you my burden and I'll bear your burden so that one another is not always reciprocal. So there's a debate. One says, because evangelical feminists would say the men have no authority any more than us. We're all on equal playing field. And so they really use this as a key verse to say there's no such thing as a established authorities. It's an even field. Those who would argue like Peter O'Brien and Lincoln and other great commentators would say, no, he's really setting it up for the household relationships that are going to follow. And what the spirit produces in the believer, we will all submit to the appropriate authorities we are said to submit to. But husbands are never said to submit to the wife. And children are never said, our parents are never said to submit to the children. Their masters are never said to submit to the slaves. So there's a bit of a debate there. Don't want to belabor it for you. But as we go through scripture, citizens are to submit to government. The universe is subject to Christ in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians. Unseen powers, according to 1 Peter, are subject to Christ. Christ is subject to the Father. Church members are to be subject to their leaders. Church is to be subject to Christ. Servants subject to masters, Christians subject to God, wives to husbands, on and on. It's not just a man-woman issue, submission. It's a Christian response to all God-ordained authorities he puts us under. To God himself, to Christ himself, to the Spirit himself. In the church, we're to submit to leadership. Oh, in our behavior one towards another, we should be kind. But God has established certain authorities certain rankings. And he said, be sure to know the spirit produces this willingness to rank yourself under whatever is God constituted authority is the major, the broad stroke of it. What's the source of submission in this verse? You must take it back to verse 18. It's, it's describing the spirit's filling ministry. He's the one that produces it. You cannot boss someone into it. You can't even make your wife submissive. And we'll get to that in the home section. And it's a wonderful thing to know it's not my job to make my wife submissive. And all the brethren said, man, those who've been married over 10 years would say, amen. The others are wimps. You're afraid to amen it. You can't make her submit. 
because you're not the Holy Spirit. Quit acting like it. And women, you can't make him lead. You can pray for him and put up, but you can't make a man lead. We'll be looking, believe me, at more things on that. But the source of this submissive spirit, since it's Christian, it's emulated after Christ, who submitted himself to the Father's will. And I think the beautiful thing in Christ's submission is not, he's saying, I have to do it, or that he's subjugated, but it pleases me to do all things that the Father says. Christ is the model for our submission. And so the Spirit produces that. And 1 Peter says, suffer like Christ suffered, whether treated rightly or wrongly. Follow his steps. And he says, slaves follow him. Wives follow him. Husbands. He is the model. But where is the power source for such submission? It's in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Without the Spirit filling, you can do it for a little while. You may look good. You'll be sitting down on the outside, but standing up on the inside. You won't really, it won't be your true nature. And so he says, the Spirit is the source of this. And I love this. The, the, uh, the goal of it, the motive of it, is out of fear for Christ. The word is literally fear. And there's a great debate on reverence is too nice a word, they say. Really a strong sense of awe. I'm doing it in fear of Christ. The one before I will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ that will evaluate my Christian life. I do it out of fear of Jesus Christ, not out of fear of those I'm submitting to. See, there's the motivation. 21. I'm doing this thing because I fear Christ, not the husband. Now, he says you better be afraid of government because they get to take your life. Romans 13, you better submit to authorities and you don't need to get spirit filled to do that. Even pagans had better do it or be decapitated. That's how Rome handled it. So you needed to catch up real quick on that. There's some things you don't have a choice. You'll be subjugated if you don't. But in the Christian life, we have higher motivation for what we do. It is that we fear the Lord Jesus Christ, and so he motivates our submission. I really, uh, I've learned a lot, and I, I've appreciated what God said in my brother David in this area, that he uh, had positions of authority at his job. And uh, in the olden days, he and another deacon waxed our floors and cleaned our toilets. But he went to the city of Richmond to be treated like an officer of the fire department. Had been over the union, had gone up through the ranks, became fire marshal. But when he came to the church, him and Dick Wilford would wax our floors. Uh, he would wind up cleaning the bathrooms on the weekend. And uh, I asked him one time, you know, that, that's wonderful. He said, I learned three things being a Christian. He calls it SOS. The Christian life is submitting, obeying, and serving. The Christian life is submitting, obeying, and serving. When I come to the church, I don't possess rank. I become a servant. A servant. I've come to obey. 
I've come to submit. I don't wear a badge at church. I'm in a different community. When I'm working for the city of Richmond, I've got the authority to pass on the building or not. I've got authority, and others had better submit to it, or they won't ever get their permits. That's rightful use of authority. And I would say this, God works on every one of us, no matter what the realm, until that submission takes place as under God, God will resist you. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Nothing does the devil fight in you more than a submissive spirit. He'll give you enough pride issues to keep you from ever being submissive. And God will resist you and you will not go far. He always opposes the proud. And those who want to get to the top are the last ones we want to get there. The way up in the kingdom is down. The way up is taking the towel and being the servant. If, they, if your master served you, I've called you to emulate me. So we are among a brotherhood of servants, not among a brotherhood of despots. We're called to serve, submit, and obey. Every one of us. No one's exempt. He's going to give you three arenas that this is going to be acted out in. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, your role is to love your wife. And look at there. He spends verse 25 to 33. Who does he work on the most? Come on, Lord. We only need three verses. I just think Paul got a little carried away. He's an unmarried man. He shouldn't have done that. But since the Spirit had him write it, he, he, okay, three verses for the women. Uh, what's the hardest to do, to lead or submit? Answer, lead or submit? How many say submitting's the hardest? Uh, how many say leading's the hardest? The men win. <laughs> it's hard, either one. To lead like he tells us to lead. I can boss easy, but to lead like this model, you can't do it. You can't do it without spirit filling. You can be a boss. You can be a despot. You can belch out orders, but you can't lead like Christ without the same enablement the woman needs. And we'll look at it. So let's bring this very quiet service to a conclusion. No one is showing their hand. I've noticed no one even looking at their mate. They just hope he doesn't bring it up. Spirit filling enables us to overcome the sinful responses and bents of our human nature. He'll teach us to speak the word instead of our own opinions. We are sick of opinions. They're dime a dozen. Someone who speaks a word from God is remarkable, especially at the right time. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Singing the praises of God instead of complaining about others. The Spirit wants to do. Thanking God at all times and getting rid of the murmuring, complaining, critiquing, judgmental, negative, pessimistic spirit. My thanksgiving is just the opposite of always whining. I am blessed, I am blessed on the worst day. Submitting to God not being an instrument of Satan. We used to have a deacon in this church that always said, I'm the devil's advocate. We'd get in a debate in the deacon's meeting and 
discussing something and I guess he thought it was his role to always see that the devil got a vote at the meeting. And one day I said, he's got enough representation in this church without you voting for him. God hadn't called you to be the devil's advocate. He's called you to be his advocate. We don't want to hear your opinion unless it's God's opinion. It's no longer with us. Um, moving right along. Um, are you thanking God for everything? Marriage, home, slaves, government, church. Are you submitting in these realms? The only way to be happy in God is to be, come under his control. And uh, I just say cooperate with him and he'll make you into something. You'll enter into a sweet, sweet rest of relationships you never thought. You might be a person that's always been in charge and God's trying to teach you to submit. And you'll enter into a wonderful rest in God that he's in charge. Because you can't be in charge of everything anyway. You know, you're not in charge of a lot, are you? Has any of you voted for this new tax in California? Will any of you pay it? Oh, okay, good. There's some taxpayers. Uh, how many for is going to war in Iraq? How many voted for that? I don't want to go to war. I don't know what we ought to do. I'm under the decision-making of our government. Are you? Where are you going to move? See, there's all kinds of things going on. But the spirit by which we respond to authority is what the Holy Spirit will change. And we all believe in submission until someone asks us to do something we don't want to do. And then, whoa, I, I was talking to some women here the other day. I, uh, and this one woman, I said, what seems to be your problem with submission? She said, I have no problem. I just like to rebel. <laughs> I wanted something theological, you know, something really sweet. No, I just don't like to be told what to do. I don't like it. It's God's idea, not mine. I would have wrote it different. And I'm trying to learn to accept what he said. Thank you. I'm sorry I asked. So uh, we'll take this journey on the home and be a good time for the women to visit their mother next weekend. I'll be on the women. You men can visit the next weekend. Let's pray God will make us a spirit-controlled church in every area. Our Father, we pray that we will be people under the control of your spirit. Not living for our things or our way, but for your way. For when we put you first, your kingdom first, you add everything we really need. And we thank you for that. May we uh, really be a people experiencing the moment by moment control and influence of the Spirit. Help us to live out our roles in every place you put us whether you've given us authority to lead in an area or if we're called to submit in that area, whatever it is, Lord, we need supernatural enablement, supernatural infusion of your power because we want to do it in the fear of Christ, knowing that he will evaluate our heart and evaluate the way we chose to live when we stand before him. Please give us that power and that divine enablement for the glory in the honor of Jesus Christ, amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. 
As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a question about the broadcast, a prayer request. Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times. And we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up. 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.